It is very, very difficult to put into words what has transpired today. I have never lived through or even imagined an experience like the one we have just witnessed in this capital. We can now add January 6th, 2021, to that very short list of dates in American history that will live forever in infamy. This temple to democracy was desecrated. This will be a stain on our country, not so easily washed away. Those who performed these reprehensible acts cannot be called protesters. These were rioters and insurrectionists, goons and thugs, domestic terrorists. They do not represent America. They must and should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. They should be provided no leniency. No, no. Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And this week, your government has lied to you about the incident at the Capitol on January 6th, and they did it in order to imprison conservatives in modern-day gulags. We're going to go with Tucker, Tucker Carlson and look at the tape that they hid from you until it was exposed this week. Then we're going to go back to local. We're going to go here to Burlington with our city council. And the reason we're doing this is because I want you to see this as a harbinger of what's going to happen in your blue or Democrat area. The Burlington, Vermont City Council is continuing its journey through adult onset and encephaly with a new resolution to go full troon all the time. Though they don't name us, they are again targeting Christopher Aaron Felker, the chairman of the Burlington Republican Party, a gay man. They're targeting me and they're targeting Kevin Hurley, the producer of this show. They are trying once again, as they have done before, to link our speech to the murder of trans women and the abuse of children. And finally, we will close the show out with another edition of Popery du Mokoli. So get ready. All right. January 6th. What you think you know about the incident at the Capitol, the one that I, I don't think very many of you listening, but, but I, I'm willing to bet many of your family, the incident that they call an insurrection um, that happened at the Capitol on January 6th, it's lies. What you saw in the media, what we all saw in the media, were carefully curated, carefully selected clips that highlighted the minority of people gathered at the Capitol who broke windows, um, threw things at police, and were disorderly and, and destroyed property. Very, very small minority of people. This week, this past week, Tucker Carlson has been showing us what we have not been allowed to see by our own government. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy released more than 40,000 hours of surveillance tape from inside the Capitol building. Obviously, we're not going to look at 40,000 hours. Uh, Fox News can't even show you 40,000 hours. But what he uncovered and what we've seen there that you have not seen before is absolutely shocking. And the reaction of politicians to this legitimate news gathering should make your mouth drop open. And it made my mouth drop open. Literally, oh, I was driving the car and listening to this on the radio. 
When I heard Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer order the press to muzzle itself from the Senate floor, I have to tell you that the phrase civil war came into my mind. Yes, I'm saying it right now. I think there's a strong possibility. It isn't certain. But I think there's a strong possibility that we are in the beginning of an actual civil war. Um, I may turn out to be wrong about that. And I'm not going to apologize and say I was very stupid and da da da. I'm, I'm not very stupid. Um, I think it's possible. And I think that anybody who has their eyes open right now can see signs that possibly indicate that we may be dissolving or we, we may be heading to a real, as the media likes to call it, inflection point. We in this country, and we have been for a while, we are in full breach of the United States Constitution. Peaceful men and women who did nothing worse than trespass, just trespassing, okay, misdemeanor, did nothing worse than trespass, are in solitary confinement in federal prison for three years now because of lies. Many of them have languished for years without a trial. That's in direct violation of the Constitution. These are rights that you as an American citizen have and that they do as well. Do you know that? Do you understand that that's in violation of the Constitution's guarantee of a speedy trial? If you don't, repeat it to yourself until you remember it, please. This is important. This matters. All of this matters. One of them is in prison for four years for doing things, for doing actually none of the things that he was accused of, none of the things that were alleged against him when he was forced, apparently, into a plea deal to admit things that he didn't do because the government, again, in flagrant violation of the Constitution, denied his defense attorney exculpatory evidence. Yes. Some of you know how serious that is. Those of you who don't know how serious it is, it's that serious. Again, Constitution. Let's dive in. Um, we're going to roll the first clip uh, that Tucker Carlson used to set this up. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. Okay, so that's the setup. There's a lot more of that. I urge you, um, I urge you to watch Tucker Carlson tonight from this week. There's a lot more than we can show you on this show, but it is in your interest to watch it. Um, we're going to be using a lot of clips from his show. I want you to take a look at this next one and remember going into it that you are looking at a federal prosecutor and you're looking and listening to a federal prosecutor. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and all that we could charge as many people as possible. Okay. Shock and awe. We wanted to make sure we could charge as many people as possible. This is 60 Minutes. 
one of America's most storied and long-running television news journalism programs. Do you remember the 60 Minutes from the 1970s and the 1980s? Do you remember how they earned a reputation for trustworthy journalism, for being skeptical of people in authority and power? Do you remember that reputation? Why your parents turned on 60 Minutes every Sunday in the 1970s and 80s? Would you have predicted that in 2023, the people behind 60 Minutes would become and and they, they would see themselves as of the same elite class sharing the same interests as the land's highest politicians. Look how comfortable this man was. He was absolutely comfortable as a federal prosecutor sitting down with 60 minutes and admitting that their goal was to charge as many people as possible, not to find justice, not to sort out the uh, people committing potential felonies from those who might be just doing a little bit of uh, light trespassing. No, shock and awe. We wanted to prosecute as many people as possible. That's extraordinary. Not just that he said it, but that he said it on 60 Minutes and he knew that he was in friendly territory when he did it. This is not the 60 Minutes you grew up with. Let's go to um, let's go to the next clip, please. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Okay, those of you who are just listening and who can't see the pictures, what, you're, uh, what you would be seeing um, are, pe- are pictures of people inside the Capitol building from January 6th, 2020, quite literally queuing up in an orderly fashion. They are within the velvet ropes. They're walking peacefully down hallways. They're taking brochures and pamphlets. They're taking pictures. These are just normal, ordinary people. They're normal, ordinary Americans. They're the kind of people that you see every day on the street, okay? Very, very different. I knew that the government was lying to us, but until I saw these for myself, I was shocked at the difference. I did not realize how badly they were lying, and they are very badly. All right, we're going to introduce um, somebody that you think you know. You think you know this person we're about to talk about. You think you know what he did. Um, And you may know him as the QAnon shaman. Go to A4, please, Kevin. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. These are people who wandered over from a political rally. We will not let them silence your voices. After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Once at the Capitol building, things began to get chaotic. Capitol police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors, and many hundreds of others just walked in. They're going to make that the story. Of course, they did make it the story. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, 
often referred to as the QAnon shaman. Okay, we're going to have more about Jacob Chansley, but I want I want to stop for a second and ask you, did you find him intimidating because of his costume? Did it scare you? I know it, it struck a lot of people that way. Real weird, right? Okay. Um, let's, um, this one's a little bit extended. There's more about him and about what happened to him. But think about this for a second, okay? What you saw and what was presented to you is going to seem very different after you watch this. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us into the building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would he have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot him. It makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists here? Not Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. And the media coverage uh, still doesn't want you to know that. I saw uh, the Pointer Institute. This is a professional journalism ethics organization talking about this. At, uh, immediately, they came out the next day and said that Tucker Carlson was lying, um, that this guy pleaded guilty. And in his plea agreement, he admitted to this, this, this and this. The Pointer Institute knows. They knew it when they wrote that. They knew that he was strong armed into that plea agreement. And they knew that he couldn't defend himself and his lawyer could not defend him because this that we just saw and that you just listened to, the prosecutors illegally withheld that exculpatory evidence from his defense team in violation of the Constitution. The Pointer Institute, the journalism ethics organization, they know this. They do know it. This is conscious. They're still lying to you right now. That's how bad this is. And for those of you listening, Tucker Carlson is telling you the truth. I watch it. I'm watching it with my own eyes. He's telling you the truth. The, Jacob Chansley was walking peacefully through the Capitol. There were all of those officers. I saw them with my own eyes. I saw them offer to open doors. You could see them trying to open doors and chambers for him. He is telling the truth. You may verify it for yourself. Let's, um, and, and four years in prison, 
some of which is, has been in solitary confinement for Jacob Chansley. Let's go back to Tucker. They were lying to us, obviously. That's why you hide things. But what was actually surprising, when we can't quite get over even now, is how they responded when they were caught lying. They didn't seem embarrassed. They didn't apologize. They weren't even curious to learn more about what actually happened on January 6th. Let's see the tape. No, they didn't want to see it. They exploded in rage. And then, as liars tend to do, they doubled down. They told the same lies they've been caught telling, but with even greater aggression this time. Shut up, it's midnight, they said as the sun rose behind them. Who acts like that? Well, sociopaths do. Yeah, yeah, sociopaths do act like that. Sociopaths, psychopaths. Now we're going to talk about police officer Brian Sicknick. This is someone who many of your friends and family believe was killed by Trump supporters on that day. The media and the politicians claimed and still claim or do not retract their claim. Uh, as a matter of fact, Liz Cheney's tweet about this, I believe, is still up on her Twitter. Uh, they claimed that he was bashed over the head by a Trump supporter wielding a fire extinguisher and that he died that day. That never happened. You can see in the video that we're about to watch that he was actually alive and walking around after they claimed he died. It's right there on tape. And he was never beaten. He died the next day, January 7th, apparently of a stroke. Um, let's go to A7, please, Kevin. Consider the death of police officer Brian Sicknick. Now, we still don't know exactly how Officer Sicknick died. We're not certain that anyone does know. No one has explained it. But after reviewing the previously withheld video evidence, we can tell you with certainty that Officer Sicknick was not beaten to death by Trump voters at the Capitol. The tape shows very clearly Brian Sicknick walking through the building in apparent health after the media told us for two years that he had been murdered. So they were wrong about that. Okay, they got caught. Here's the interesting thing. They won't admit it. Liz Cheney's tweet is still on Twitter tonight. Officer Sicknick was killed defending our capital from the violent mob on January 6th. No correction. Anderson Cooper of CNN still has not apologized. Quote, Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight, he told us. Those are lies. So why not just admit it and move on? But they won't. In fact, this week, the White House trotted out both the press secretary and Joe Biden's attorney general, the attorney general of the United States, to claim not just that Brian Sicknick was actually murdered by Republicans at the Capitol, but that other officers were murdered too. It's, it's almost beyond belief. Watch this. The right range of bipartisan lawmakers, you heard them all yesterday, you guys reported on it, who have condemned uh, this false de depiction of the unprecedented violent attack on, con on our Constitution and the rule of law, which cost police, police uh, officers their lives. It was a violent attack on a fundamental tenet of American democracy, that power is peacefully transferred from one administration to another. Uh, um, over a hundred officers were assaulted on that day. Five officers died. Five officers died on that day. Now, that's just not some guy on Twitter. That's the attorney general of the United States. That's a man whose honesty is central to his job. If you had a choice between IQ and integrity in an attorney general, of course, you would go with integrity because it's essential. Yeah. That was the White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, 
and Attorney General Merrick Garland lying the other day, just this week, lying right to your face after Tucker did this. Or no, uh, excuse me. Um, um, I mixed the time frame up. They're still lying. They're still lying. Listeners, audience, this is how bad it is. What you are seeing here, I, I don't really have to tie up the connection to cluster B personality disorders. I think it's pretty obvious, but, but I'm going to underline it. You're looking at psychopathy. This is psychopathy, the real kind. This is what happens when psychopaths are elevated to the highest levels of government. They have no conscience. They have no shame. Look how confident they are. They're not afraid at all. They are cool as cucumbers for two reasons. One, I think they're psychopaths, and that's part of, that's part of that character and personality syndrome. But they're also right. They have nothing to fear from us, absolutely nothing, nothing to fear from us citizens, because we bought every single lie. And it's too early to tell, because it's only been a few days since Tucker Carlson started exposing this. It's too early to tell how many people's minds will change. Some of them will. Um, but I am, I am seeing already, of course, that, that leftists and Democrats are already saying they either refuse to watch this because it will be lies, or it's still lies. And the sun, the sun is still up, but it's midnight. I, I don't know what else to say. Um, yeah, I do. Somebody was murdered at the Capitol on January 6th. Her name was Ashley Babbitt, and she was murdered by Capitol Police Officer Michael Byrd, who, of course, is not a legally convicted murderer. He shot and killed her for absolutely no reason. These people don't love you. Okay. They hate you. You are their enemy as a citizen. You are their enemy. Uh, let's go to the next one, please, Kevin. A8. But is January 6th the worst assault on the U.S. government since the Civil War? That's insane. It's not even close. How about March of 1954, when Puerto Rican separatists shot five congressmen in the Capitol building? Five members of Congress shot in the building. It's all bad, but the worst since the Civil War. You're just a flat-out liar if you're saying that. More recently, this is an event we all remember, Antifa descended on Washington, D.C. to force the sitting president from office. But it was Trump, so that's cool. And while they were there, they set a historic Christian church on fire, St. John's in Lafayette Square. Do you remember that? You should, because it happened Labor Day weekend less than three years ago. And when it happened, the left-wing mayor of Washington, D.C., refused to allow her police department, the MPD, to assist Secret Service agents while they were under siege and getting beaten. No, she made her cops stand back and watch it happen. And they were very upset about it at the time. You may have forgotten that. Here's what it looked like. So, yeah, definitely not the worst assault since the Civil War. Definitely not. You see the lie, right? Let's go to the next one. I have to tell you, the most, the thing that frightened me most this week just appalled me and made my, it felt like all the blood rushed to my feet watching this, were the statements from Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from the floor of the Senate. Take a listen to this. In fact, the leader of the Senate Democrats, Chuck Schumer, just joined the leader of the Senate Republicans, Mitch McConnell, in calling for this show to be pulled off the air. Now, that's not an argument based on logic. <laughs> it's based on hysteria and the shame you feel 
as a weak and terrified person when your lies are exposed. Here's Chuck Schumer claiming for the first time that, like Sandy Cortez, he himself nearly died on January 6th. Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not, not a violent insurrection. An attempt to rewrite history and erode the very foundation of our precious and sometimes fragile democracy. So yes, this morning I am furious. Millions of Americans are furious. I was here on January 6th. Many of you saw the footage as I ran for my life, coming within a few feet of these criminals. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Unbelievable. The worst thing that he said, the thing that 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 really, really made my jaw drop um, was what he said from the Senate floor the other day. I'm sorry, I mixed up um, a couple of these clips. I think it's this next one. It's A10, Kevin. To say January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie pure and simple. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. Do you understand what you just heard? You just heard one of the most important politicians in this country stand up from the Senate floor and order the press to muzzle itself. Do you understand how serious that is? In my lifetime, I cannot recall anything approaching this. This is a First Amendment issue. Let us remind you of the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I have never in my life heard a politician in high office dare to give pr the press orders, dare to tell the press to shut up. It would have been unthinkable until recent years. New normal. Because it is unthinkable. It's dangerous. This is the kind of spark that can set off the powder keg. Do you understand how extraordinary that statement was? Do you understand also how extraordinary it was that the media did not actually come together in response to that statement and stand shoulder to shoulder and say, how dare you, sir? That is what should scare you. That would have happened 10 years ago. It certainly would have happened 20 years ago. We are in a very bad way as a republic. We're going to close this segment up and come back, but I was thinking about 
I was trying to put my finger on exactly what bothered me about the politicians' reaction to January 6th. And I think I, I think I figured it out. We're going to talk about the Capitol building, but the Capitol building is 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 a building, but it is also a symbol. It's part of the Capitol complex. It's part of Washington, D.C. It is a it is an architectural expression of the founding philosophy of this country. The Capitol is our building, yours, mine, Christopher's, Kevin out there in uh, Dallas right now. All of you, it's your mother's, it's your father's. It's a, it belongs to American citizens. It is not Hampton Court Palace in London. It does not belong to His Grace Henry or Her, Ma- His, Her Majesty Elizabeth. It's our building, ours. It is not a temple for the gods. Our elected officials reacted like aggrieved Tudor aristocrats. This is the Tudor court we're living in. This is not a constitutional republic. It is the Tudor court. They reacted like aristocrats, and most of the country hasn't even noticed this. Their hysteria, they're lying about being in danger. They're astonishing exaggerations about the severity of what happened on January 6th. Do you know what motivates that? Narcissistic injury. They feel egotistically wounded because they were symbolically humbled by the spectacle of ordinary, grubby peasants demanding to be seen and heard and actually, mostly peacefully in actual objective fact. Our elite reacted by effectively writing bills of attainder. Bills of attainder were specific orders, pieces of legislation from the parliament and or the king aimed at named people to imprison those named people without trial at the king's pleasure for as long as the king's pleasure continued. And if they had a trial, they were denied a defense attorney. Our government wrote a bill of attainder for Jacob Chansley and for dozens of others. They denied him effective defense counsel by violating the Constitution, by hiding exculpatory evidence from his defense team. They knew what they were doing. They knew how illegal this was. And while it may not technically meet the definition, I think their actions are treason. Do you know what happens to traitors? (sighs) These conspirators, because that's what they are. They would have made the people who set up Anne Boleyn and took off her head damned proud. We are not a monarchy. We have forgotten what we are. We have forgotten that we threw off the British crown for the very behavior that fully half this country frothingly endorses. People in our own families and our own friendship circles. We are not a monarchy. We are a constitutional republic. If we can keep it, And I don't think we can. We'll see you after the break. Looking for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. 
Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. Can't get enough of our love, baby? That's because you're not subscribed. Move that thumb over to the great big old subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. We put out audio-only exclusive content that you won't get on any other video platform, so make sure you subscribe today. Welcome back. We're going to be talking about a resolution from the City Council of Burlington, Vermont, that will be voted on tomorrow, Monday. I will not be there because I'll be traveling, but we will have people at the meeting who will be there witnessing this. Uh, And to set this up, I'm going to recap for you the issues, especially for people who are coming into our show who may not have seen past shows. Thank you. Hi, new people. We're glad to see you, Um, even though I can't see you at all. (laughs) All right. So here in Burlington, there's a core group of people including Christopher Aaron Felker. He is my friend. He's a gay man. He is the chairman of the Burlington Republican Party. There's me. There's Kevin Hurley, my friend. We're all three of us, all three of us gay men. Kevin is the producer of this show. There are other people whose names I'm not going to disclose because people are trying to target them who are part of our um, our, our interest group. And what we have been doing is protesting the Increasing indoctrination of children through the public school system. They are quizzing them about their sexualities. They are show, they are putting books in the school district libraries that are full of actual explicit genital inclusive pornography. Um, this state is trying to make Vermont a sanctuary state for parents who will then be able to legally abduct their children in custody disputes and bring them to Vermont to be transed against the wishes of the other parent and potentially against any court orders from the other state. We are writing legislation in the state that is, again, in violation of the Constitution, the full faith and credit clause, telling uh, cops and courts not to cooperate with legitimate courts and law enforcement from other states. Last year, There were two events in downtown Burlington. One of them was the Pride Parade. At the Pride Parade, one of the originals who was at the Stonewall Riots in 1969 in New York City, one of the original people at the actual Stonewall Riots for three days, his name is Fred Sargent. He lives in Vermont. He was at the Pride Parade last year. He protested the queerization and the use of gay pride uh, as a shield uh, to mutilate children. Um, and indulge the fetishes of the mentally ill transgender community. And for his trouble with his silent sign that he stood there with doing nothing but standing on his cane as a 75-year-old man, he was assaulted, he was pushed to the ground, and his property was stolen. So during this past year, the Burlington City Council, the mayor's office, the Rutland Herald in Vermont, the newspaper VT Digger have all taken aim at Christopher Aaron Felker, Kevin, our unnamed friends, and me. They have accused us repeatedly in print and spoken out loud, although they will not use our names. They're giving themselves plausible deniability, but they are targeting us because we're the only ones in Vermont who are brave enough to speak about this, I am sorry to say. And if any of you Republicans 
um, who I hear, thank you very much, are now fans of the show after I exposed Senate Bill 37 and House Bill 89. Stop allowing us to be the only ones who speak in public. We've been helpful to you, and I want you to be helpful to us, okay? So let's have some reciprocity. Um, That's the backdrop here. Now, let's talk about this resolution. I'm going to show you a series of images. You won't be able to read them all. I don't intend for you to be able to read them all. Um, but I want you to see what the city of Burlington has uh, has drawn up. So this is a resolution. I'm going to read to you from um, – I'm going to read some of this to you, and then I pulled out some. In the year 2023, resolved by the city council of the city of Burlington as follows, that – Whereas violence and hate toward queer and transgender people is on the rise nationally in Vermont, whereas here in Vermont, a group of residents continues to target queer and transgender community members, especially young people, whereas these residents, they're talking about us, okay? We're targeting youth. They're talking about us. Whereas these residents spread hate through protests, aggressive stickering, near our schools and other public areas and on social media, whereas 378 anti-LGBTQIA plus bills have been introduced and are advancing in state legislatures around the country, whereas these kinds of hateful acts are leading to a rise in violence toward the LGBTQIA plus communities with higher rates of violence directed at trans community members. And whereas in recent years we have seen the tragic results of this kind of hate here in Vermont. I'm going to read you one more. Got another graphic here, and then I'm not going to read you the whole thing. But I want you to hear this. This, again, is the accusation against me, against Christopher Aaron Felker, against Kevin Hurley, and against our unnamed co-conspirators, that we, we, because we are protesting against what they're doing to children, we are responsible for the murders of transgender people. Back to the resolution. Whereas... In 2022, Fern Feather, a transgender woman, was murdered in central Vermont, uh, whereas the Pride Center of Vermont had the front door of their office, a safe and welcoming gathering space for all, smashing a hateful act of vandalism and intimidation, whereas hate directed at LGBTQIA plus students in and faculty in Burlington schools poured in from around the nation when Fox News amplified hateful transphobic messages related to a diversity, equity, and inclusion presentation on gender identity and pronouns, and whereas Hate, I want you to listen really carefully to this. I'm going to read it slowly, and I want you to remember that they're talking about Christopher, Kevin, and me. Whereas hateful, transphobic protesters have targeted community events such as Burlington Pride and the outright fire truck pull, events that are meant to be welcoming, joyful, and supportive celebrations, and whereas blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So how many pages I have to flip through for this bloody resolution. Let's pull out a few apt quotes and talk about what's really going on. All right, Kevin, we are up to graphic B7, please. Whereas here in Burlington, a group of residents 
continues to target queer and transgender community members, especially young people, and whereas the residents spread hate through protests, aggressive stickering near our schools and other public spaces and on social media, whereas 378 anti-LGBTQIA bills have been introduced, blah, blah, blah. So they're talking about us, and none of what they're saying is true. We are not targeting children. We're not targeting children. We're trying to save them. Yeah. They know this. City Council knows this. They know that they are targeting. They know that they, they and their side, they are the ones who are targeting children. They're the ones who want to see them surgically cut up. They know that we're trying to save them from abuse. What they're doing here is called narcissistic reversal. This classic cluster B personality disorder style behavior. And it, you don't have to have a cluster B personality disorder to do this. Many of the people involved in this are probably normal range people who are severely cognitively and emotionally compromised by this brainwashing. That does not excuse any of their actions. I don't care whether they're actual psychopaths or whether they're in the thrall of psychopaths, because some of these people absolutely are psychopaths. Yeah, Burlington City Council, I am talking about you. This is narcissistic reversal, and it's frankly psychopathic to accuse the people who are trying to save children from a lifetime of medical rape of being the actual abusers. So what about these aggressive stickers? How about, would you like to see the transphobic and hateful stickers that we have been putting up that intimidate people, especially children? I'm going to show them to you. Let's go to graphic B7A, please. This is a sticker that says, no one was ever born into the wrong body. That's all the sticker says. Let's look at another. The next one says, real men defend women's sex-based rights, spaces, and sports. That's the entirety of the sticker. What's aggressive about this? How is this targeting children? How is it targeting alleged queer people? Do you know? If you do know, please send the city council answers on a postcard. Now, let's contrast that with some of the stickers that the people they love, their loving, supportive, joyful queer community members have placed in public and contrast them with the ones that we have placed. Here's one. It says, Felker eat shit. That's Christopher Aaron Felker. And um, what does that say at the bottom? This is so small. I can almost not read it. I think it, it tells Christopher, go die. Okay. Not nice, but okay. Here's another one. Protect trans kids. Kill your local turf. Kill your local TERF. TERF is an initialism. It stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. It has become a slur that is slung at women who say no to men in their daughters' locker rooms, no to men being called women. So kill them. Kill these women. They call anyone, feminist or not, radical or not, man, woman, it doesn't matter. TERF, TERF is their word for vermin, scum. 
They would like you to kill us. The city has nothing to say about this at all. Let's go back to the resolution. Whereas in recent years, we have seen the tragic results of this kind of hate here in Vermont. Whereas in 2022, Fern Feather, a transgender woman, was murdered in central Vermont. This is the third time that either this city or the local media has accused us of inciting murder. And that is exactly what this is. No, we can't sue them for it. We can't sue them for libel because they do have plausible deniability. They're not actually naming us. I understand that. But they know who they know. And you know, and they know, and I know that some of them are watching this too in the city council, you know exactly what you're doing. They did it immediately after Fern Feather's murder last year. Do you know what happened in that murder? The, the, ki the kinds, this sadly was the kind of murder that it usually is when it's involving a transgender person. I didn't know Fern Feather, Christopher Aaron did. He said he was a very gentle, uh, peaceful man who made bad decisions. And he decided to hang out or hook up, I don't know in, in what way, with a guy who has just sprung, a violent man who has just sprung from a psychiatric institution. You can imagine what they may have been doing on that country road in a car together. Transphobia or the poor choice of picking up a psychopath. But it's us doing it. We did that not the psychopath. It's, hmm. <laughs> let's go to the next one. Whereas hate directed at LGBTQIA students and faculty in Burlington schools poured in from around the nation when Fox News amplified hateful transphobic messages related to a DEI presentation on gender identity and pronouns and blah, 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 blah. I don't believe them. I don't believe they think this. They don't believe themselves. They are using children as human shields for their own political cover. I doubt more than 1% of the messages that came in, quote, attacked children. I do believe they probably got a, a very large number of very rude, nasty messages swearing at them and probably calling them freaks, which they have coming. And I understand those are mean and nasty. I don't care. Um, but I doubt, I don't believe that more than a tiny number, if any at all, actually tried to rhetorically attack the children. Why don't I believe that? Because I have been doing this for years, even before I, I, I had a show here. I've been tracking this shit for years and every single time some school district or some mommy group or some activist group claims <coughs> that people are threatening children. You see they're doing it to me, right? I mean, I can see what they're willing to do. They're lying about this too. These people aren't angry at the children. They're angry at you for what you're doing to the children. These are evil people. You, yeah, city council, if you are participating in this, I am explicitly calling you personally evil. You can choose not to enact evil. You can stop doing evil things. You can realize that you've been participating in evil and you can make amends. But you have to choose to do that. And if you choose to stay on this course, you are evil. Next one. Whereas hateful transphobic protesters have targeted community events such as Burlington Pride and the outright fire truck pull, events that are meant to be welcoming, joyful, and supportive 
celebrations. So the outright fire truck pull occurred last year. A fire truck pull, for those of you who don't live in a cow town state like this one, <laughs> is what it sounds like. Uh, you get a bunch of people, they attach a rope to a fire truck and they all try to pull it. And you, it's, it's a charity thing. You know, people bet on how far you can pull it and, and how many people it's going to take. And the outright center put this on to help pay for programs that will help children who are exploring their gender identity. And they brought dozens and dozens and dozens of children, elementary school children, to this. Yeah. So we, we showed up there. We protested this respectfully. Now, now, let me, let me pull that back. I don't do respectful. Not with these people. Um, we didn't assault anyone. We had signs. We held those signs and we spent the entire afternoon having to physically move around because we were surrounded. Fred Sargent was there too. The elderly 75-year-old man who walks on a cane was also there. These people from the loving, joyful, and celebrating community physically surrounded us so that people could not see our signs. Even if we moved, even if we walked two blocks, they made sure to stay in front of us. They jumped in front of us. They put their own flags in front. You don't see any of that. They didn't cite that in this resolution. I noticed that they also didn't cite the gay bashing of Fred Sargent. They know it happened. We told you about it last week. We reminded you about how prosecutor Sarah George, um, what you would call our district attorney, a middle-aged woman, assaulted Fred Sargent right out on the street, knocked him to the ground, pulled his sign away, and ripped it. And prosecutor Sarah George, who doesn't like to prosecute, gave this woman 10 hours of community service in exchange for dismissing the charges. We also told you last week that Christopher Aaron Felker was there for the pretrial hearing, and he overheard the conversation in open court between uh, the perpetrator and her lawyer. And her lawyer said, Sarah George, the prosecutor, wasn't interested in what Fred Sargent had to say. So... The prosecutor prosecuting a crime against the victim, Fred Sargent, was not interested in what the victim had to say, wasn't interested in the victim's views. They're doing this deliberately. They know they're lying. The city council knows it's lying. Mayor Moreau Weinberger, you know that you are a liar as well. You're doing this consciously. They would be very happy to see any of us assaulted or killed. You think I'm exaggerating? I'm not. You get this, right? You get it. If you don't, you need to get it right now. Because if you do anything like this in your own community, you are going to be in my position. You get that they know they're painting a target on our backs. This is the actual stochastic terrorism that they're doing, that, that they accuse us of. They're doing it. They're painting a target on our backs, and they'd be really, really happy if someone ended our ability to say these things. Don't think they wouldn't be. Don't think they'd prosecute it either. They wouldn't. We are vermin to them. We have been unpersoned here. Back to it. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the city council and the mayor condemn these hateful acts against trans community members and be it further resolved that the city council extends our unequivocal support to the LGBTQIA plus community. Unequivocal support except to the actual original homosexuals who founded this goddamned community. We are not in any community with people who call themselves queer or transgender. 
I do not share demographic characteristics with extraordinarily delusional and mentally ill people. That is not a community characteristic that I share with them. I am a homosexual. The only thing I have in common with other homosexuals is that homosexuality. Yeah. Next one. Be it further resolved that the city council is committed to the city of Burlington's effort to begin observing Trans Day of Visibility annually on March 31st through a citywide, city-sponsored and funded campaign to include vocal support from the mayor's office affirming support for the LGBTQIA plus community, specifically the trans community. Okay, so more tax dollars are going to be stolen to preferentially blow smoke up the ass of a community of mentally ill people who are advocating for children to be brainwashed, sterilized, and mutilated. That's the role of government, don't you think? Specifically the trans community, they said. Some animals are more equal than others. You Burlington gays, if any of you are watching this, those of you who hate the hell out of us, you are supremely dumb if you think these people actually care about you. You are dumb, girl. And you better pray every night that you never step out of line, that you never change your opinion, and that if you do, you never indicate that in any way they can see it because they would see you silenced or dead too. Next one, this is B13. Be it further resolved that the city council supports the continuation of tracking all transphobic and other hate speech in an annually published report available to the public to ensure the ongoing commitment to decreasing the amount of hate speech in our city. Tracking our speech, huh? Well, track this, you bastards. There is no such thing as hate speech in American law. I know you think there is, but there isn't. It's not true. You wanting it doesn't make it true. We don't have hate speech under American law. We have a First Amendment. Track all you want. We'll make more. B14. Be it further resolved that the city council urges Burlington state legislative delegation to look at current hate crime statutes to look to extend protections for schools and organizations that advocate support LGBTQ plus and other minoritized communities from hate-motivated, targeted crimes. Oh, you think you're going to get the legislature to shut us up, too? <laughs> you think that's going to work? <laughs> you think you're going to win by calling our opinions a crime? Listen, sweeties, you don't know who you're tangling with, okay? I will fight you every step of the way in any way that I need to. I will fight you out loud, and I will do it in public, I will never shut up. I will cost you time. I will cost you money. I will force you to go through legal wrangling if you so much as infringe on one millimeter of my constitutional rights. You will never sleep again because I will never shut up. Let's go to B15. Be it further resolved that the City Council's Ordinance Committee shall, in coordination with the Burlington Police Department and the City Attorney's Office, examine Burlington's graffiti ordinance and consider changes that address continued defacement of public property and graffiti that spreads hateful and harmful messages. 
So you're going to outlaw harmful messages in graffiti, huh? What is harmful? Oh, harmful feelings. Is that sticker calling for violence against Christopher Felker? Harmful? The one that says kill Felker? Kill turfs? Felker go die? Is that a harmful message? Hmm? I'm I'm waiting. I don't see you dialing me on my phone. Hello. We've got a resolution for you, City Council. I'm speaking to the sponsors of this resolution, whose names are Joe McGee, Mark Barlow, Sarah Carpenter, Ben Travers, Gene Bergman, Perry Freeman, Zariah Hightower, and Maya Brandt. We are resolved to exercise our constitutional rights and our moral rights to speak our mind. You will not silence us. You won't intimidate us. I'm not afraid of you, and I'm sure as hell not your bitch. We have constitutional rights to express our views as we do. We have violated no laws, and you know that we have violated no laws. We have a natural and moral right to try to save children, overwhelmingly children who would grow up to be gay, from the mangle of butchery that you call loving care, you freaks. It is you, not us, who wants to cut healthy breasts off mentally troubled teenage girls. It is you, not us, who wants to poison pubescent children with the same drugs they use to chemically castrate sex offenders in prison. It is you, not us, who lies to children and helps foment and concretize severe trauma and mental illness by telling them that they were in fact born in the wrong body and that they are unhappy because they are a sex that they are not and can never be. It is you, not us, who wants to turn this state into a legal sanctuary for disturbed mothers who practice Munchausen's by proxy on their children for narcissistic attention. Your ideology is perverse, it is logically incoherent, and it is morally corrupt. Be on notice. I am at war with you. We are at war with you. And I'm not going to lose. Do your damnedest. We will fight you at every turn. We will embarrass you publicly. We will tie up your time. We will fight you in court if we have to, all the way up to the top if we have to. You have underestimated us. We are not the gelded, simpering men that you have become used to. Most of you women and the rest of you men on there, you eunuchs. We are not the submissive liberal husbands with bowed heads who hold their wives' purses while they make spectacles out of themselves emoting woke garbage in public. We are not the broken men who can't even find the fortitude to protect their own children from their own wives and from the mutilation that you lot want to put them through. You will find us to be worthy opponents on guard.
for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. Can't get enough of our love, baby? That's because you're not subscribed. Move that thumb over to the great big old subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. We put out audio-only exclusive content that you won't get on any other video platform, so make sure you subscribe today. Welcome back. We're going to end and give you the funny that you come to us for, too, but we're not done with the serious yet. I'm asking you to financially support us. We need your help. I know that almost every media, almost every podcaster says something like this. We are the only ones who are bringing this to you. I know they say that, but when I say it, I'm telling you the truth. We are the only ones in Vermont who are bringing this information out. We are the only ones who are publicly fighting this, and we do need your money to keep doing it. Yeah, it's a show. It's a business for us, but it's also a labor of love. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have advertisers. We only have you. Will you please help us? You've got two options. And I'm going to speak first to those of you who don't want to subscribe to anything monthly. I hear you. You don't have to subscribe to anything. We will take one-time donations, and we appreciate them. And every single one that comes in gets a personal thank you from me. Go to PayPal and send a donation to the email address, us at disaffected.fm. One-off donation, no subscription. You don't have to commit. We appreciate every one-off donation. Again, use PayPal and go to us at disaffected.fm. If you want to get inside our Discord, our private Discord chat server, where this content that I'm about to shovel out for you comes from, you can do that by subscribing monthly at $10 or higher. Two options. Go to disaffectedpod.substack.com or go to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. And what you get at the $10 level or higher is not only access to our Discord, our 24-7 Discord chat with, we're up to 326 other viewers right now who are members. You're not going to find 326 people there all at once yet until I corral them. Uh, but you will have good conversation there. Um, so thank you. Um, oh, also, oh, one other thing I want to tell you about. Um, although we did skip a month because uh, things got crazy, um, the other benefit that you get as an insider at $10 or higher is you get access to all the premium content. I, I also write essays. It's not just spoken here. There's premium writing as well, and I save that for paying members. And you will also get invited to our monthly Zoom hangouts. We're going to be doing more of them, um, movie nights, uh, things like that. So if you want to get in the Cool Kids Club, that's where to go. All right. Time to finish up with some funny this is the second edition of 
potpourri, du moquerie. And this is where I take the most ridiculous bullshit that you put in the Discord channel for me and say, Josh, please mock, and I do your bidding. So let's look at uh, let's look at the first one here. Um, C1, please, Kevin. The whole time I was seeing him, I was kind of just using it as a psychology experiment, and I didn't what? really, I didn't really like the guy. I more just wanted to see if I could break his heart, and <laughs> it was fun. So, did you break his heart then? Just a wee bit. I hope I did a little damage. Wow. Okay. Why do you hope that you did a little damage? Just I like humbling men. You like humbling men. Yeah, it's like my pastime. Your pastime is humbling men. You do work at a strip club, so do you humble men there? No, I take their money. <laughs> uh, no, I take their money. If you're only listening, you should really go and look at the video on YouTube, because this chick is sitting on this podcast wearing. Well, it would be a tube top, except it's got a cutout below the cleavage area. I When I first saw it, I thought it was one of those um, uh, freshness confirmation windows that you, that you sometimes see on the uh, the prepackaged sandwiches so you can make sure the lettuce is still crisp. What the <laughs> is she doing? I mean, <laughs> there's um, there's good and not good breast presentation. For most appetizing results, don't use a freshness confirmation window. Thank you. All right, next one. In other bimbo news, <laughs> this one kills me. <laughs> Listen to the seriousness with which this woman presents this news item. A community hit by hate when a man leaves tire marks all over a pride flag painted on an intersection. Residents around the area speaking out in disgust. Seven's Danielle Garcia is live in Fort Lauderdale with more on the search for that driver. Danielle, good morning. Good morning, Lorena. That mural right behind me was unveiled just about 20 days ago. Already it's been damaged and covered with skid marks. The community here is saddened, <laughs> as you mentioned, but they are planning to redo it. In fact, the cleanup process has already begun. Okay, I got a couple of things here. <laughs> First of all, white women, no yellow dresses. The only yellow dresses I want to see are on black women on Easter Sunday in church. Okay, stop it. You look ridiculous. <laughs> hit by hit. This is a community hit by hit. Hit by hit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that truck? <laughs> that great big old black truck. He just stuck his foot on the accelerator and spun out and coal rolled all over that goddamn flag. And I'll tell you what, I'm I am living for it. I am living for it. They're searching for the searching for the driver. For what? For what? What's the crime? Skid marks. She says skid marks all over it. Skid marks? You're worried about skid marks? You, do you know what these people get up to in their bedrooms every night? And you're worried about skid marks. They're lucky they keep them on their drawers. Jesus. All right. And finally, um, we treat you to Runald McTrunald. 
uterine transplants make childbirth possible for trans women. The first attempt ever made for a trans woman was in 1931, Lily Elb. The surgery was unsuccessful and she died of cardiac arrest three months later. Her body rejected the transplanted uterus. She was 48 years old. The donor has to be histologically close enough to the recipient for it not to be rejected. So similar tissues, perhaps from a family member. To the hundreds of people offering to donate their uteruses, you have to be a close enough match to the recipient. Then if the donor parts are kept, the recipient may need to be on immunosuppressants for life, which is dangerous and could shorten life expectancy over time. Quick lesson in anatomy. Ovaries produce eggs and hormones. Fallopian tubes transport the eggs from the ovaries to the uterus. The uterus is how is baby formed. All of this is interconnected. Now impregnation. If the uterus that is transplanted holds someone else's egg cells, then it won't be genetically the trans woman's even if she carries it. It would be the donor's. And even if the trans woman is naturally inseminated, we'd also have to consider how the egg cells latch to the uterine walls. Many factors are involved in this molecular sticking process. We don't yet know if a trans woman's body will produce the bioconditions necessary for carrying a baby to full term, but I believe it's worth exploring. We just need doctors and surgeons who are willing to try. <coughs> do, 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 do. I'm loathing it. Ooh, honey. If he had anyone who loved him, anyone at all. Mm. Transplanted uteruses make pregnancy possible for men. Huh? They do? Have you called the Nobel Committee? Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. This dude is from the planet Binar. Do you remember that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation with the Binars? He's all he's all up here, he's like, trans woman. They fit in a steal the Enterprise to go to Uteri Prime and harvest all them sweet, sweet cis wombs, honey. All right, that's the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.